I mean, it's music, and that's part of the the, the letters. Literally, yeah. It's the uh, second letter. And I also saw Beyonce. Oh, that's the, true. Okay, the day let's previous. start with Beyonce. So I, let's start with Beyonce. I had a big music weekend. Um, Sick, dude. I had a big music weekend. So I was, uh, you know, hashtag blessed enough to have someone who snagged some Beyonce tickets early on. So we went. And I mean, yeah, it's it, it you know, it's it's hard to describe it other than to say, yeah, it's a fucking it's a fucking Beyonce show. Like it's a Beyonce show. Yeah. So you get you get what you pay for. Like you like Beyonce gives you a show. And it's oh, yeah. really good. And it's it sucks because there was like an hour rain delay. Uh so she didn't come on for a very long time. Oh yeah, it was kind of um, on Saturday, yeah. So that was a bummer. We randomly, we didn't even know, had covered seats. We were in the club level. We didn't realize that. Oh, nice. Um, okay. So like well, we had like we were fine the whole time. That's cool. But they had to like squeegee the entire stage and it was really fun cheering for the squeegee guys. <laughs> um because some of them were better than others, you could kind of tell. Yeah. Uh so that was a good time. And I mean it was it was an awesome it was just really cool. Like, what was your favorite song? I mean, doing Love on Top, where she kind of lets the crowd do it. Yeah. You know, by the end yeah. was a really just fun. You know, I love those community moments in concerts. And yeah, yeah. I honestly feel like there's not that many concerts you go to where there is a on purpose collective thing. That isn't just like clapping, you know? Right, right. I love any time like an artist is talking to the crowd being like, let's do this together. I always really love that. So that was probably my favorite moment because that's just one of the things I'm always seeking at a concert. Yeah. Um, so that was really cool. And then just like all of the Renaissance, like usually it'd be like, play some songs, then a chunk of Renaissance, play some songs, chunk of Renaissance. Like those were all awesome because it's exactly what you want it to be where it flows into each other um you know there was costume changes set changes really cool visuals yeah, yeah, an interesting nine, stage yeah. dancing was amazing like it's just a top tier kind of stadium show like you can't really go wrong seeing it i had a really great time i really like beyonce um so it was cool to get to see her live hell yeah hell yeah i was uh disappointed that i couldn't make it but um Seemed like a cool, like all the reviews and like all the impressions, yeah. at least, and like people talking about that have gone. Yeah. Good and time. it was super fun. Like the people watching of it um, was <clears throat> awesome because everybody like dressed up, like everybody dressed up like uh, and Beyonce, you know, I'm sure she comments every show, but she was like, you know what? Y'all have had a long time after purchasing these tickets to think about your outfits <laughs> and it worked because, you know, we're like late in the tour. Yeah. Because, um, you know, they she was in Europe for like the last couple months. I've uh, I've seen that it's, it was a lot of like generally cowboy theme, which so like was fun. There was a lot of like silver cowboy, definitely like silver. A lot of like silver, sexy cowboy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of thing. Um, I thought it was cool to see you know a lot of dudes like me who straight identifying, pretty down the middle dude. Uh, a lot of us all dressed up too and had a good time. Like I, I bought like a you got a sequined like shirt. A cool. No, it wasn't sequined. It was actually sequined. it's actually cooler than that. It's like oh. a oh. weird pattern press thing, and it's like actually very soft, interesting feeling fabric. It's a cool shirt. Um, and oh, yeah. you know, like sick. Uh, it was cool to see all that, but 
then there was just a lot of people like taking whatever kind of swing they want from any era of like Beyonce dumb. That makes sense. So that was also cool because you got some stuff like, uh, you know, like people that really connected with like formation, maybe had this outfit that was like reminiscent of something Beyonce wore during that time. And then mm-hmm. like some people, there was like headpieces, really cool shit, like from like the Lion King uh, era because she did play some Lion King stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so it was really cool. You kind of got everything. I, I'm almost positive. No, wait. Pitchfork was where we saw the Shrek. Um, did you see the Shrek oh, at Pitchfork? No, I didn't see the Shrek. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought maybe I saw like Damn. a Beyonce Shrek, but no, I was conflating two days. Damn, that would have been that. Damn, that, I hate that I missed that. That's cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I, 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 someone was telling me that there was like a giant horse somewhere like in the stands or something like a oh, fake horse. No, literally at Renaissance, a horse like just appears like and it is 50 feet tall. Hell and yeah. like, <laughs> all of us, like all of us, and we're like just having a normal concert. We're not doing anything crazy. We're like having beers, right? Yeah. yeah. Like we all notices notice the horse like after the song has been going on for a bit. And then we were like, hey, when the fuck that horse get there? Because it was huge. <laughs> but they do a really good job where you don't notice it. Oh, it was cool. Man. It was there was some really slick production shit like that. Hell like, yeah. Hell yeah. Um, I mean, you you know, it's a it that's why stadium shows cost money you do go it's a show yeah yeah know? that makes sense get get the full production in the yeah. air welcome Only go to a stadium show you really want to though don't don't like don't go to a stadium show where you're spending a bunch of money on some a band you don't really care that much oh about. yeah no you gotta you, you gotta be gotta, least, like a fan or at least yeah. even a casual fan yeah um Sorry, yeah, I totally blew our no, segue no, but okay. I had to get that out that's Danny. that's smart it's good advice it's good advice thank you Welcome to the DMGT Dan, I, podcast. No, <laughs> Jesus Christ. You're killing me today, Spencer. You're killing me. Uh, I am your host, Danny. I'm Spencer. Uh, we, Pitchfork was cool, man. And uh, going from Beyonce into Pitchfork, that's that's a weekend, man, for you. I know. And I will say, I'm getting too old for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, definitely felt that distinctly throughout the weekend of being like, oh, I need to go somewhere that isn't this warm right now. <laughs> or yeah. I would like to sit. Lots of those thoughts this weekend. A lot yeah. of walking around. Yeah, yeah. I uh, Like halfway through Pitchfork, because we got there like at 3 o'clock. Yeah, um, you guys were insane. So early, it was hot. Um, and like around 6 o'clock, I was like, if I can't find somewhere to sit, I'm going to die. Yep. And it was the first time... This that uh, this pitchfork was the first time ever uh, because it was like my yearly one of my yearly allowances for like hopping in a pit for summer. So I did. Uh, I saw half of Soul Glow and then half of JPEG Mafia, um, and I, I hopped in the pit for a couple of songs for Soul Glow. It was intense. It was cool. Uh, and then like not even thirty minutes afterwards, it was like, yeah, this maybe was a mistake. Yep. Um, my yep. body's already like mad at me for this. And yeah. I was like, oh, no, am I starting? Is like, is it happening finally? I'm aging out. It, um, well, it's, it's not nice. even that. It's just th- when you are in an energetic pit, like, yeah, that is energetic. one of the heaviest workouts I think you can do in such a short amount of time. Because, like, yeah. you know, it, a pit ebbs and flows every song. And some songs, the pit might not even happen. So you get break. But, like, just uh, if you're full on in a pit for four minutes, you you better be... 
in shape or you're toast. And then yeah. the sun, it was yeah. so it hot, was so direct hot. sunlight. It so like, it was brutal. I think I think it's it was like... A lot of people going down during the Bonnie Bear concert. That makes sense. Because, like, yeah, my sideline yeah. as a tall guy, yes. like, looking over the whole crowd because we were in the back, like, just seeing people being, like, every year at Pitchfork, <laughs> oh, that's man. what the last set... For me, that's the last set. It's just seeing people be like... That's hilarious. <laughs> I mean... It makes sense. Yeah. Uh, like at the uh, at the slow glow concert, because like I was in the pit for a bit, and you had all the security guys basically in between each song was just like tossing water bottles into the crowd. It's like you guys got to security alive. bros. I love those kind they of were guys. Cool. They were cool, especially the ones that just have too much fun spraying people with water oh, when they just the pop the top a little. Those bit. the best. Oh, like, those are the best. They're just spraying the yeah. crowd. It was great. Yeah. It was great. It's so fun. Um, it was definitely like a moment where I'm like. Mm. If I want to do like a quarterly or even my semi-annual pit yeah, entrance, it's got to be like at an indoor venue from now on. Yeah. So, or honestly, yeah. another thing. Should or at we the like, end of a set of a festival. Or should we get fit to hit the pit? Maybe. You know what? That's fit for the pit. <laughs> Let's fit get fit pit. for the Let's pit. Let's get fit for the pit. This is for aging emo dads that that need to be able to still thrash a little bit yeah you know you're yeah. busy we honestly get it. that's that's the that might be the best motivation <laughs> i've heard in a while <laughs> that is crazy that that might actually work because dude remember denzel curry i frick i almost fucking died oh i love remember that, the next though. day you guys were like hey why'd time. you like just walk away from us and i was yeah. like because i was about to die yeah i wasn't sense. making I, I was literally delirious i was like <laughs> if i don't get to water now i'm about to be dead i know there's a 7-eleven yeah. yeah. by this fucking cemetery <laughs> <laughs> Your last water rights. Um, no, that was that's a good idea. Fit for the pit. Fit for the pit. Fit for the pit. All right, emo uh, dads, millennials. Um, Pitchwork was cool. Uh, JPEG Mafias. I love that he. I always forget that he does. That he has like a really good "Call Me Maybe" cover. Yeah, he, it's a he, really I, fun cover. I always forget. And like when he started singing, I was like, oh shit. This is really good. Also, he can really sing. I always forget that he can like actually sing, uh, yeah. which is cool. Yeah, he he was he was going after it during his set. Oh yeah, like oh, yeah. dealing uh... seemingly dealing with a lot of audio weirdness, but like you know he rolled with it really well. I thought there there seemed to be a uh, that stage some, had problems. Yeah, like the that whole stage day. had problems the whole day. Um, that, which I, I don't think con- definitely didn't contribute to the crowd. Like, and we've talked about this. Chicago crowds kind of lame sometimes. It was a very mellow crowd, yeah. but Pitchfork's always kind of mellow. Yeah, I was. So you I have was, like a couple of artists here that like really hyped up, but yeah, yeah. That's that's like that's always I feel like has been Pitchfork's like sequencing. They throw a couple of the thrashing, the most like potentially energetic shows. They sprinkle those throughout like mid afternoon to get people to like the food hour. And then they like kind of pop in a couple bigger, chiller things and then you get your closers. But, you know, like the thing, it's like, you know how Chicago, everything's so like, oh, all these neighborhoods are so, this neighborhood's like this and this one's like this. I feel like that's also similar to the different festivals, music festivals of the city. Yes. Like, and Pitchfork. I agree. Straight up. Pitchfork's the weed, the weed show that isn't electronic uh, reset. Uh, right, uh, is more like the it's like maybe a cool the cooler version of it now. I think reset is probably the cooler version of it now. Reset yeah. was when I went to reset, that was great. Um, yeah, but obviously Pitchfork's just bigger, bigger artists, bigger music. 
It's not like quite like a Riot Fest. I mean, I guess it's similar to Riot Fest on like the less rock band, emo, thrashing, punk rock yeah, side of yeah. it. Even though you had a couple, a little bit of that. Um, it's certainly no Lollapalooza anymore. And uh, it, exactly. It's like yeah. that one is truly like, I mean, it's just Pitchfork is really more for like you're in your 20s and you move to Chicago and you go to Pitchfork. Yeah. Yeah. And then like Lala is like people come here to go to it. Yeah. I think yeah. that's like maybe the, also part of the difference of the vibe. But yeah, people don't go crazy at Chicago shows. But Soul Glow got it going. They that Soul was Glow, you know what? Soul Glow had a nice JPEG little had crowd, a good, pit. a good pit. They had a good pit. Uh, people were like helping each other up and everything. Like immediately, it was a very conscious and very pit like, etiquette. Pit etiquette tells me the types of fans a band's yes. a band has. Yes, yes. And every time you go to a show and you're in a pit and you're in an unknown pit and it's a good pit, you're like, cool. I think maybe I'll vibe with this music and mm-hmm. people who like this music. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Yeah, they were cool. They were cool. Uh, what's your favorite performance from Pitchfork? You know, I that's a good that's a good question. I think, and this is weird because as I, I think looking back, I really enjoyed Kalila's set. Kalila's was cool. I was listening and from afar. From it was like because side. I was yeah I wasn't super close, but also she just ripped through. A shitload of songs. She, she was crushing. She had the crowd going. She had the crowd going. She had the crowd she going. She had the most minimal set of the entire the, the entire day, like yeah. where it was just they lowered the lights to give her some backlight, and that was it. Like no overt like dancers, choreography, anything like that. It was just her rocking a set, playing really fun songs that I'm not a huge Kalila like fan like i like her but i'm not like obsessed or anything so i don't know all of the music but like she was getting the crowd going and like that was after some more like down tempo stuff coming out of the other stage so it was like a a wake up so i thought that was really great um yeah that was probably my favorite i just liked how simple it was yeah i thought that was a big like swing to take for that that place in the in the the day yeah and i thought it was a really good choice because like you know, you're right before the closer, so that's going to blow it out. Yeah. Maybe I'm just going to give you a really nice appetizer. Yeah, you know? yeah, and that was good. Um, Madhu, I'm probably mispronouncing this, Madhu Mokhtar was my surprise and also very fun show. So they're like this, uh, this this is like the blue stage, a smaller stage, right before Bonnie Iver went on, like literally their set ended like five minutes before. Um, and they're like these dudes from like, they have like a mix of like South African or African and like Middle Eastern members. And like, they have like all these like Afro jungle beats, but also incorporate a little bit of like the, uh, like an Indian style of music with like the sitar sounds, not because I don't think they were actually playing, playing the sitar, uh, but it had like those beats. So it was like Afro jungle beats with a little bit of like Middle Eastern music flair. And then the bro was just like, like shredding guitar with his fingers yeah. just plucks it, it was, was really cool it was very cool like that was probably like the most musically insane yes set except for maybe the two full ass drum kits that bonnie Vera well had, yeah <laughs> where it was just like them just being like who can smash this louder and yeah. that was so cool <laughs> i yeah, love yeah. if there's too many drums i'm in it was like, it was awesome no and obviously bonnie Vera was 
was a was a cool like well for half of the set that Dude, I saw. Do you know how many times I had to stop myself from talking about like just like the tech of him doing live performance with Christine when you left? Because <laughs> you left and I was like, Danny, I had a lot to say. Well, we could like okay. I'm glad because I was also like looking at his you know when like the camera it's, would zoom he in. He made it all. And I was just like looking at I was like, is that are those headphones these headphones? Yes. N- yes, they are. They yes. are Audio Technica M50s. Yes, he uses Audio Technicas almost exclusively. It was like, for, was like those his, are my his, goddamn uh, headphones. See, I told yep. I got yep. home and I was like, Lily, look, he's wearing my headphones. I'm she's wearing like, the headphones. She was like, go to bed. I, I'm, <laughs> yeah. Go to go away. Like, you're uh, high. Go to sleep. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like, so, so he, you know, his like uh, layered vocals is like what Bonnie Vera is known for. Mm-hmm. And back in his first album, all that stuff was individual recorded layers of harmony, right? Yeah. So yeah. he did some processing to to make it sound the way it does, but that was individual tracks that he laid down. Then as he got into Bonnie Ver Bonnie Ver and I think really like from wanting to perform that live more closely to how it was created in studio. Yeah. Him and his like music group of people that he he works with because he's like part of a big old group of musicians that all kind of like do stuff together and he's a, has a lot of like producer collaborators um they made this like piece of tech slash software to in real time make all of those harmonies out of the input of his voice in the microphone that's crazy that's crazy and have him have complete control over the modularity of it to improvise based on what he's feeling with the song that night that time so he's creating all of those layered vocals you hear when he performs live in real time with no latency effectively and has all this other shit going on it's very very cool yeah um who who was on the keyboards uh with them up there um I don't. I couldn't see that far. <laughs> I couldn't like make out a face. Well, she was, was. She was like, um, they were like nailing the harmonies. So, like for for some of the sections, but also like if they're like also live layering on top of like live yeah. vocals into it, that's just bananas, dude. That's cool yeah, as hell. It's really cool. I mean, that's why like Seven One Five Creeps <clears throat> is such a cool song to get to see live. Because it's just him that there's no instruments in yeah. that song. And like him doing it live, you see how perfect the version is that he sent out, you know, as the song and yeah. how hard it must have been to get there. Cause it sounds really cool, but he clearly has to do it in a way that a live performance can yeah. sustain. Yeah. Which, yeah, that's such a cool song. Yeah. It was a, it was a good time. It was a good time. Um, Fit for the fit for the pit. We gotta we gotta work on that because otherwise yeah. I was absolutely exhausted. I was destroyed by. The, I yeah. mean, also ninety degree weather and the hot sun probably doesn't help there. It didn't help um, for sure. But uh, I stayed hydrated. At least I stayed hydrated. Uh, yeah. It was it was nice to like come home and wake up the next like shower and then I wake up the next morning like my body's dead. But at least I'm not like hungover because I didn't really drink on Sunday. Um, yep. 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 Same here. I was cool. I was hydrated um, and hot. Yeah. So yeah. Danny. Uh, you know, we got this little robot fighting game coming out, uh, and it's coming out soon. Uh, yeah, a month from now, we're like a, a month. Dad like snuck we're really up on close. me. Like 
like I think the thing about it is there has been a lot of <clears throat> game talk for us because there's been so much shit happening <laughs> gaming wise so that like we haven't really even mentioned this game even after spending I don't know six months talking about Elden Ring last yep. year mm-hmm. <laughs> like uh so Armored Core Armored Core Six the fires, fires of Rubicon, of the Rubicon. Is is finally we're about into launch month and some more impressions have been coming out from a longer gameplay. Uh, I think some creators got a little bit of gameplay earlier, but they now let them talk about what sounds like about four hours of gameplay. Yeah. Um, and like full game from the start for four hours, I think is what it sounded like. Cause they, it sounded pretty sequenced. Yeah. Um, and everything, you know, from from the folks that I've seen today and read some articles, like, everyone's like, you know what? I never played these games before, but this thing fucking was cool as fuck. Yeah. And I'm so excited <laughs> and I wanted to play it more. Or, I hey, I played all of them. I'm obsessed with them. And you might be a little scared if you're like me, but also it fucking rips hard as hell. It's so cool. So it really seems like this might be... A sneaky, it's a sneaky little one. I yeah. don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's um. So that's crazy because I, I I've been like kind of simmering on that all day after seeing some of the impressions and like the the gameplay or preview because it is this feels very similar to the uh, leading into the launch of Elden Ring because this is from software. So Armored Core is also a from software game. They're co- sort of left turn. If you weren't aware, they also make these mech. Video games, basically. The last one yeah. was in 2012, I think, or something like that. Yeah, so it's like been a while. Years ago. It's been a while. Um, and it felt like it's feeling very similar from like when they're releasing the the like or handing out like very limited like gameplay access, and it's like a chunk, like a good chunk of time that people can play. Here's all the stuff you can talk about. Here's the stuff you can't talk about. Go post your videos now. Um, it very similar like rollout, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and suddenly I'm like, "Is this a sneaky game of the year candidate here?" I, I think, think I think we're sneaking up on. I think it's it's sneaking I, up on us. I think there's a couple reasons why it could be, like it'll be hard, but of, yeah, out, yeah. Outside of it, hopefully, just being a really good game that I enjoy playing because I want to buy it. Yes, yes. Um, so that's like first and foremost. But then, you know. This, because of From Software's pull with Elden Ring's yeah. popularity, and some of the tenets of the changes seem to line up with people who are comfortable with the Souls like genre. Yes. And then you have a genre of video game that I don't know. When would you say, like, what's the last AAA release that was a mech? game like when was the last time this was like hey this is one of the biggest hype games of the year like i don't i honestly don't know i'm thinking like uh uh the game that they then built um overwatch off of uh what was the the the, the mech game fast-paced uh, shooting uh, in and out of mechs titanfall titanfall 2 titanfall i think was the last titanfall 2 specifically yeah i think was like, the last one that was the one that was the one i could place I, i'm sure there's others that like mech enthusiasts but i'm saying like that was the last one that was like that was like big this is in a, the space. everyone yeah, should yeah. play this game because mm-hmm. that's what we tried to make kind of game yeah yeah so like kind of taking all those things into account could it sneakily win over people who are like tears of the kingdom Breath of the Wild 2, more like, 
you know, because there's going to be those people. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then like that, that's kind of the clear front runner. So it could be a sneaky one. Could it be a could, sneaky one. It could be a sneaky one. Look, uh, I think the gameplay previews look really tight because it's incorporating a lot of like the um. So so the two games that came to mind for me specifically, and like I know other games for a long time have been doing these types of mechanics and stuff, but like just like as far as like prestige goes and, and titles that people generally respect in gaming is um Near Automata and uh Returnal. Uh Near Automata had these sections in the game where they completely switched up the game genre on you, which was very cool. Classic Nier. Um, but they did, they they had like these 2D like kind of side-scrolling like plane, almost like an arcade style like airplane shooter and like little things here and there. But then they had sections where it went kind of 3D and it felt a little more like uh, like a Star Fox, yeah, like yeah, an old yeah. school Star Fox, uh, so to say. And it felt very much kind of like that where it's like you have all these like, you know, uh, bullets and colors and things coming at you. And it was very arcadey, like old school, like just brought to life in the 3D space. Returnal was also very much like that, mm-hmm. um, which still, by the way, should have won or at least been a nomination nominee yeah, for that, 2021 that, Game of the Year. It's, it's, it's clearly still a the travesty. best game of that year. Like travesty. It's so <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not like, even close. It's so good. It it just nails what it's going for. So that's the other one that that came to mind where it's like these in spirit and the the core of like the mechanics and how you fu- how the game functions. Felt if reminded me of that, which I personally really loved. It was hard as shit. I don't think Armored Core is going to be quite that difficult. Um, I think actually, the difficulty I would put, is going to be different. Yes, because I think the difficulty of all previous entries was just learning how the fuck to play it. And I think that's what the <laughs> that's what the learning curve is probably the, the learning curve is probably the biggest thing more than anything else, which was also kind of true for like. Is also kind of true for Soulsborns. Yeah. But yeah. but they're also like actually difficult even after you you learn it. That's the thing. I think it's like where like cause Armored Core and um can who's that who's the YouTuber? I can't I don't I always forget his name. Uh, that, uh Vati? Vati Vidya? Yeah, Vati Vidya did a it's like it's a it's a full on ninety minute documentary <laughs> that is him completing all the Armored Core games ever made. Um, and trying as best as he could to play them in their original form. So he tried yeah. to not emulate them if he could get away with it. I think one he ended up having to emulate. Yeah. Um, but I, it was astounding to realize that I think it took them two games into the generation of dual, uh, dual, dual uh, sticks to adopt the use of them. Yeah. Like two full games, like we're talking like four years into that being a standard control scheme. That's when they like <laughs> added it. And then there was a section where he's like, so this one and some of the some armored core enthusiasts, there's a different way to hold your controller to play armored core better. And it's like you literally <laughs> take your like PlayStation controller and like flip it upside down, put it backwards. Yeah, and then like yeah. you have like what's called like the mech claw, I think is what they say. So I think all this is to say is. I'm so excited for all the people that went through all that fucking bullshit, kept this series alive. Yeah. Honestly. For it to like meet in this perfect <laughs> moment of time where like from software is just crushing it and is really just like, we love this thing. You guys figured it out finally with this other thing we loved. You know, it's yep. been a long yep. time coming. 
but we really this you know it seems like this is a passion project for the studio to bring this to more people because those games were so niche because they were so confusing to play yeah yeah um, um and i feel like they've definitely learned a lot more about like more um accessible video game design uh, on that front so the yeah. controls can still be a little clunky and and even an elden ring but like they figured out a pattern that worked for them and for their games um yeah i was like a huge fan or like a I was like in the early stages of becoming like a heart, like a fan fan of uh, like Gundam when I was a kid. So I'm thinking like right. from like nine to maybe 13, like at one point I was like begging my parents for like uh, uh, one of those like build your own like really nice models of uh, Gundam wing. Of course. Um, the mobile suit Gundam wing. Uh, so I remember playing, I think there was one uh, Gundam game on the PS2 that I really liked. And then Mech Warrior, I think, comes to mind on the PlayStation 1 side. But that was, like, really the last time that I played, like, a Mech game properly. Maybe, like, at a random arcade at a movie theater here and there um, over the years since then. But Yeah, that I would say that is yes. the place I've played most Mech games is at an arcade at a movie theater or like a Dave and Buster's or something. Yeah. Yeah. So um, this looks really cool. Like the gameplay looks fun. It's like, like high octane, fast pace, a lot's going on. Uh, a lot UI is going on. I think this is where like the, the most jarring difference between like that. This is still a from software game. There's so there's, a there's so much information. Dense, to keep it's pretty dense of. UI. It's, so you on the UI side, it seems awesome, <laughs> but it looks cool as hell. I'm excited for that. I think, I think, if they handle multiplayer right, and based on like some of the impressions and the interviews that they had uh, with some of the developers over at From Software, uh, from some of the videos I saw earlier today, they've they've at least considered you know the challenges between locking on to your opponents and then incorporating that into multiplayer. I think this could potentially be like a really fun multiplayer competitive, shooter thing, yeah, yeah and competitively yeah. as well. I feel like it could be a really cool competitive thing because. The thing that sounds like they have really kept in the identity of this new game is the insane levels of customization yeah. to a yeah. build you can oh create. Oh my god, we haven't even gotten to that yet. Like, yeah. like, like, I think that's the thing that I'm really excited to get overwhelmed by because it's pretty rare that huge titles like this that are going to have a multiplayer component, and maybe they're going to nerf that customization. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. But you know, like. We're in such a looter hero shooter. Yeah, there's six types of ways to play, and only yeah. you know, no one will do that. Also in the game, so like, uh, I think it'll be. It's kind of cool to think like, what could this look like if it is truly like, yeah, you can do what you can do in the game, but now it's mul now you're playing a human. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it looks cool, man. Like it, looks, I, it just looks cool as fuck. it just looks I'm cool as on. hell. I like the idea of like it's more mission structured. Yeah, is is what it seems like at least. Yeah, that's um, a very armored core thing. I've it's learned. very mission structured, which of course again so takes me back. It's very like arcadey style in that sense. Um, I'm I'm really like this one snuck up on me. I'm like I'm gonna play this. Uh, and there goes, you know, potentially having any time between games to like catch up on any on anything on my backlog, yeah. which is just yeah. not going to happen at this it's point. It's never going to happen. Because um, <laughs> then we're going from uh, at, that's at the end of August, and mm -hmm. in September we get uh, Starfield, 
Great. And uh, some I forgot. There's another another pretty big one in in, in September, and in October you get immediately afterwards you get the uh, Spider Man, and that game's that I mean like and that tra- we haven't yeah. talked about that either. Like the Spider Man trailer game. looks it's a big oh ass game. It's gonna be a huge game. <laughs> it looks cool as hell. It looks yeah. Cool of course as it's hell. gonna be cool. Yeah. I uh I don't have like I love Spider Man stuff and I don't have like any Spider Man gear anything. And uh, I ordered the collector's edition just for the uh, the giant ass Venom with Peter and Miles uh, attacking it. It looks you're, cool I, as shit, I, dude. You're <laughs> such a sucker for like you're such a sucker for merch, man. When it comes to like, oh yeah, oh, oops, had to get the really expensive <laughs> whoops, version. Whoops, yeah, you know TikTok's <laughs> paying for it now. At, lo- at least this is so. true. This is true. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm I'm excited for the for Spider Man because like I played the crap out of the other ones yeah yeah i i think i did you you platinum did you platinum uh spider-man so this is the thing i had thought i had platinum spider-man for quite a few years um and i realized when i like i think downloaded the remaster or something realizing the save didn't did come over at one point it didn't come over um and then it finally did and then i there was like one thing that i didn't do and as of right now, thinking about it, I either did it and I do have yeah. the platinum, or I said I'm just deleting the game. <laughs> I don't yeah. remember, but I was yeah. like one trophy away, if not. Yeah, it was, and I never really got bored. It was always fun. Yeah, it's. Um, I, I don't think I. I don't think I platinumed it either. I think some of the some of the requirements were a little tedious, and it's just like, yeah, it's, I got my fill in already. But it was really fun. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a really good time. Okay, so real quick, a real quick challenge. I, w- I want to do this for for the uh, the episode uh, because there's so, like, this year is already it's so loaded. Like, I can't, you you know, if you're listening, you know, this year is super loaded on video games. So Tears of the Kingdom, I think, is still, probably through the end of the year, the clear front runner. But that doesn't mean that we can't talk about, like, maybe rounding out the rest of the nominees. That list I just sent you is the list of, New IPs, this isn't including remakes and ports that are also rated highly this year. So like no Metro Prime on here, no Dead Space, no Resident Evil 4, uh, which some people may agree or disagree on excluding, but whatever. I'm just going with like fresh games that we These have These are new games, before. Yes, but technically rated. sequels are fine. Yes, sequels are fine. Uh, just no remakes, no remasters, no ports. Yeah. Today, I mean, today... What are the five from the from this list? What other five games, assuming that Tears of the Kingdom is like a lock and you can't replace it? Do I think are gonna be nominated? Today, yeah. Today? Okay, so Tears of the Kingdom. So okay, we have a Nintendo. I think Diablo 4 gets it just I, on sheer popularity. I think it gets And a, I think nom- it's a good game. Like I I I also like the game a lot. Um I think I think Street Fighter 6 gets in there unless I think they, they sneak in a don't think yeah. a fighting game is worth game of the year, which I could see them. It, you know, populist is part of the game awards, so hard to say. Um, I hope they don't nominate Hogwarts Legacy because I'm actually to a point where I want to pose a question to you. Okay, go. Did did it did does that game actually exist, and did anyone actually play it? <laughs> Does anybody remember a damn thing about playing that game? No. I don't either. 
I don't think that game exists. It doesn't need to be. <laughs> like, it just didn't do the thing well enough. It's just a shitty open world game with Harry Potter in it. Um, yeah, it definitely so rolled the coattails of the Harry Potter yeah, hard. franchise name. Yeah, But on kind of a similar thing of like a tired old, you know, IP, uh, I'm really loving Jedi Survivor. So I'd love to see that one in there because... I think it's possible. I, I, I don't think it's crazy. Yeah, Dude, once you get the Jedi Dash midair, the game is just it's the movement of the game is so incredible uh but it takes like it's like seven eight hours into the game and mm. before then i was kind of getting pissed and then i was like you teased me now this is <laughs> everything is fun now um, i'm a fan so of yeah. dash mechanics i'm a fan of dash it's mechanics dash man it's ooh ooh very generous in the in like how it will catch a ledge for you it's great. hell yeah hell yeah okay so you got two more slots so I'm putting, I'm you know I might put Pikmin in there. Pikmin's Pikmin's getting been getting good reviews. It's, I, I feel think. like this is gonna have like a long tail. Pikmin mm-hmm. four I think is having a long tail. Mm-hmm. And then I think Final Fantasy sixteen. Okay. okay, that's my that's mine. What do so I ended with Tears, Jedi, Pikmin, Diablo, Street Fighter six, and Street Fighter six, and that's five. Okay, okay. yeah. <clears throat> what, what okay. Would you change? Um. I would today. Today I would give the nod over to Hi-Fi Rush over Jedi Survivor, but I haven't played Jedi Survivor yet. So, um, and I don't think you played Hi-Fi Rush. So, boom, that's that's yeah. what explains the discrepancy uh, on the yeah. list. Um, okay, what games get bumped out and what gets added? Assuming like, you know, the rest of the Spider-Man, <laughs> Fires of Rubicon, all these. Um, yeah, assuming they like have good launches. So what I upcoming think, games will get nominated and what gets bumped off? I think that they'll give Spider-Man 2 a nod if it comes out to similar praise to the first one, to Miles Morales. And then the, if it can just hit that little and, he, and the extra stuff's worth it, even if the core is similar. You know what I mean? Because like, yeah. that's if the they give us like a, like If they give us like a Ragnarok from 2018, God yeah. of War... Yeah, I think then I think it's a lock. Yeah, I think it's a lock for a nominee. Yeah, Um, and I think if Fires of Rubicon ends up like surprising everyone with how much it sells, and if it sells even close to what Elden Ring was doing, yeah, uh, I think that then sneaks in there. So I think those two, I would probably take out. It's either Hi-Fi Rush for me if Hi-Fi Rush gets in there for something else, or I think maybe Pikmin goes because likely Tears of the Kingdom gets it, so Nintendo gets it. So yeah, yeah, that Nintendo has what they need there, you know. And yeah. So yeah, that's probably I'd get rid of Pikmin. Okay. Okay. I think. Um, I think for me, it's probably Spider Man that gets a nom. I think Starfield, unless Starfield, oh, yeah. Starfield, if it has a good launch, I unless think it's yeah, definitely in there. I think I don't even think they need a good launch. I think as long as they don't shit the bed at launch, they'll get a nomination regardless. I mean, I was I reading an article about how people were like, there's already people uh, defending the launch of Starfield before the launch of Starfield. I mean, that's like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what the Internet does now. Nowadays, like people are like, 
Spider-Man 2 is going to win game of the year. Like, no, it's not. No, it might be your favorite game of the year, and that's totally chill. But it is, I promise you any amount of money, Spider-Man yeah. 2 will not win game. This is God of War Ragnarok against yeah. Elden Ring. Again, it's not. There's no world that... Well, I, I just always, like, with, with the Game Awards, like, you know, awards are... Most award shows that have prestige have a voting block of people within the industry making all of the votes. So it's like, you know, you know that the best picture of the year may not be your favorite movie of the year, like, and probably isn't like 90% of the time. Yeah, yeah. So it's like more, expe- but like with the Game Awards having such a fan vote portion there is still a voting block right? there is there is a voting block but it's very small and there's like a, a player's choice award right. but it's mostly uh handled by like third-party media publications so like one day maybe we you and i are voting on the game, right, right. game award and, um and then i think in that case <laughs> i think that's it's the tricky thing. it's, a it's different tricky. part of the connection to the industry because yes, you know yes, in the yes. academy awards for an example for all their problems it's people that made movies or worked in movies or, you know, they were part of the movie biz and they were producers and things like that. But I don't know if how many are just reviewers. I'm sure there are those. Yeah, but, but maybe I don't know not how a lot. many. I, I, I like I liken the Game Awards and the way that that voting process works. It's a little bit closer to like a Hall of Fame voting in like any sports league, basically. I think that's yeah. And we're that's like thing. we're like they're gonna miss some, and people are going to disagree with like. There's like always like one or two here and there that like yeah. I don't know how that person didn't get in yet, but for the most part, it's like yeah. They know they know what they're doing because they're like living and consuming this all the time. On top of like you know publishers and developers making the jump from one side to the other and vice versa. So like yeah. I think generally it's pretty sound uh, because again you can't just go off popularity. Um, generally it's pretty sound, but it's still, we've gone on a tangent here. I think. Oh yeah, uh, for sure. It's, it's like, it's not like no weird insider shit happening. No Gamergate shit is happening there. It's just like the way that, the way that you have to think about the game of the year award is different from like, what's my favorite game of the year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but kind of bringing up, bringing up Academy Awards was more to make the point of like, that's just how awards work. Like often, very rarely you know like i do a oscar like um draft type of thing sometimes where you like try to guess all of them right you get points and like no one ever gets them right <laughs> yeah you know yeah like because you, you're you not the person picking yeah you have to get into the mind of the people picking um in order to have a chance anyways mm-hmm. so that that's I should retract. There is a world that exists at Spider-Man 2 somehow on the story and the gameplay side just like floors us with their innovation. I just don't think it's likely. <laughs> I don't I think, don't I, think I, it's yeah. likely. Um, uh, yeah. Same deal, but the same deal with, with Starfield. I think Starfield is the, has the biggest chance, but I still that doesn't mean that I think it actually has a chance. So Starfield, Spider-Man, TBD on Armored Core, I would love for that to be, but that means I bump out Pikmin and I bump out Hi-Fi Rush. Yeah, yeah. And if and if Armored Core is that good, I bump out Final Fantasy 16 as much as I enjoyed it. I I know my review kind of felt like I was shitting on the game, uh, but that was more like because I needed to like be a voice where it's like, hey guys, <laughs> let's pump the brakes on this is the best game of the year because it is straight up not. Yeah. It is a good time, but it that is was, not. like. That was a weird... <laughs> that was a weird... That was a weird couple of weeks where like 
right before it got released, right as it got released, everybody's like, this is the best. Oh, my gosh. And then, like, more people started talking about it. And then you're like, wait. Yeah. But now everybody seems to say it's not. <laughs> it's it's like, good. It's just like the, you know, it's like the equilibrium had to happen uh, on, on it. Because uh, you go look at my review. It's, go watch my review. It, yeah. I've shared my thoughts on it already. Um, YouTube.com slash the, uh, at DMGT. Uh, <laughs> there's that plug for, for the episode. Good job. So those are, those are the games, I think. God, there's so many games that are like... And th- for the list we're looking at, folks, specifically, I manually... Uh, curated the list. I mean, anything rated an 85 or above on Metacritic. Metacritic isn't the end-all, be-all, but, like, there needed to be some filter here. Otherwise, this list would have been infinite. Yeah. And that's not to mention, like, there are, like, smaller games that I'm looking forward to personally. Like, um, the new Alan Wake I kind of want to check out, even though I'm not oh, normally yeah. a fan of horror games. Um, there's a uh, Dragon Quest Monsters game that I want to check out in December. That's just more I mean, of, like, Boulder's a niche Gate thing. Three. Baldur's Gate 3 already has, like, is this better than Diablo? I don't know. Some people, like, people are liking that one. Um, there, God, what a yeah. good what a good year for gaming. Good year. Good year. Everything got backloaded here. It uh, really did. And then to wrap out the episode, Spencer. Yeah. Did you see this leak for Sony's Project Q? Project Q is their name? By the way, um, but this is that handheld streaming device that is like I did the form of like a PS5 controller. I did okay. see it. Yeah. What are, What are your impressions and thoughts on like these leaks? Because these are just leaks, unofficial. Yada yada. Um, you know, like my thoughts on handheld devices is pretty unpassionate. I would say because yeah, you're I'm, very I, not. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not really a big handheld gamer, though. I do think like. I, I think that there's a lot of cool stuff. It's just I haven't gotten to the point of going, I need this. I need a handheld device. Okay, maybe this is a better question. What do you think is driving the increase in popularity? Because I think it's pretty easy to see that their popularity is increasing again. Yeah, I, I, I think because, you know, like, I think where we're at with technology, like, we can do it, so why not? That's, mm-hmm. like, part of it, I think. Um. And then I think the other part of it is the more devices that we have, the more likely you're going to run into who gets to have the TV. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, yep, I think that's yep, like, yep. that's like why the switch was, was such a big thing um, because it had that option. And I think that's really what kicked us into this new era of it. So I think that's why it's gaining in popularity because sometimes I think, about like, you know, if you're a kid who has a cell phone, but otherwise like your family doesn't have a ton of money to spend on media yeah, and things like that, like a handheld might be the best option, like especially like an emulator handheld yeah, where for 150 bucks you can play like every game that ever existed on like two generations back, you know, yeah. like, yeah. and so I think that's, that's more of like the, for me, I think that's the more interesting part of handhelds is like, how to give more access to more people who may not be able to do it the traditional console or yes. desktop way. So I think that's the cool part because more people will be playing games and more old games won't go die yeah. yes. because people can yes. emulate them on these devices. So I think it's really cool. Altogether, like the Steam Deck, you know, obviously is probably the most popular one outside of, outside a Switch. of the Switch. Yeah. Um, but for me, I'm like, whew, 
you know, like it could solve a problem. I could play Starfield on it. Like, yeah, so I could, yeah. I could pick one up for something like that. But then at the same point for me, I'm like, but that would be the only thing I might do with it. And is that worth $400? Yeah. 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 That's a, that's a good, good question to pose. I think that's my general, um, conflict with, um, the idea of video games going cloud-based and streaming, uh, a la movies and TV shows and music, um, where like on one hand, this you're exactly right. I think uh, the accessibility and like having a decent internet connection is getting a little bit easier and easier every year that goes by. Yep. So like that's not so much of a like argument against that I would have had like even five years ago, uh, like when the Switch first came out, I was like. People don't have good internet connections and latency is going to be yeah. a terrible experience for people that even though it's servicing them on like the monetary side for lower price to entry, their experience is going to be terrible and like right. they shouldn't be punished for, you know, where they are or where they live. Um, but that's getting, you know, relatively remediated, at least in the U.S. Um, so like I think what's happening with a lot of these handhelds, I think it's like. I think the overarching big picture that some of these companies are thinking is like, are we testing the waters with this being the viable product, physical product that is cheaper to manufacture, can get into more people's fans, hands faster, and then use to stream all your games? Right. But then, so thus the conundrum lies yes. with Project Q. Because Project Q isn't what we were just talking about. No. It is... A dedicated device to Wi-Fi stream games from, from your PlayStation PS5. Five. Yes, so you yes. have to be in the ecosystem to get this. So this isn't yeah. an access giver. No, no, no. At I all. think I think at a high level, at a macro level, it yeah, is, yeah, yeah, but like, yeah. but not and this I, one specifically. No. That's what I'm, and that's why I think like that's the problem. I'm like, well, who who's this for? Yeah, the people yeah. I could think it's for is someone who has a partner who doesn't play video games and has one TV yep. or has one area where anything can be done. Like if you're living in a small, smaller place and you don't yeah. have like separate spaces yeah. like that's, uh, and that's, and that's about, that's about all I can think of. Maybe travelers. If you're a regular traveler, but like how long are you in your hotel and like, do you trust the shitty wi airport Wi-Fi? The hotel Wi-Fi sucks. Airport yeah. Wi-Fi sucks. Yeah. Flight Wi-Fi sucks. Driving, doing a hotspot Wi-Fi sucks. Like those things are still all there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it's such a strange thing because I think the idea of like using the actual internals and basically just like cutting the dual sense controller in half and then putting the screen between it like the idea conceptually i follow you yep. but then everything else about it is just like Ugh, no who is this for yeah some people are going like there is a niche market that will want this um because i felt this way about like the goddamn psvr1 and now i'm like i love my psvr2 right so like it's i think it's kind of in that space i Yep, this is a test. It, this it, is, this a test. is absolutely That's, a test. This is exactly what PSVR 1 was, where they're like, hey, we're not going to like full-on do this yet, but let's see how viable it is, and then if this is even a little bit okay successful, then we're going to make a companion piece to your PS5. We're going to try to fucking put a PS5 inside of a, a handheld. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, like That's it, the next it's, step. It's strange because... like. PlayStation and Sony, they don't need to test this these waters because the PSP was successful. The PS Vita was 
not as successful, but it still found its corner. Um, they just did a bunch of stupid decisions on like the handheld and like the actual compatibility side to make developers not support it. Yeah. Um, it wasn't because it was underpowered. It was because Sony, like, hey, you have to use these stupid specific cartridges and these stupid specific memory cards, which are formatted in a very specific way. Yeah. And developers were like, screw you, man. There's already like eight consoles we have to. <laughs> to yeah, have not, for, not so, interesting. No, thank you. So, yeah, I think like it looks for this, it, for this project. Yeah. Like whatever it is. It really just comes down to what are they going to sell it for? And is that going to be the real price or are they going to discount it? If this thing's 149 bucks, I would Zero buy it. chance. Zero chance it, that this is 150 bucks. If I ever bucks. saw that 150, I'm buying it because at least I would be, you'd be curious at least. Yeah. I would buy it for 150 because at the very least, like I could hang out sitting next to my wife while playing video games yeah. while she watches TV yeah. a little bit easier than I do it now where I have to like get my iPad and like honestly, uh, the remote play sucks shit. <laughs> on any device i've ever used so like if it's if it makes it so it's like a low a latency easier, version yeah. of it and like a better version of it like there's benefits to it yeah for yeah yeah 150 again 150 for 150 bucks but if I it's think, 220 if it's 200 i'm like that you i'm sorry that's too rich for me i think no world exists because i know sony and i know playstation that this is anything less than 250 dollars how much was PSVR two again? Uh four ninety nine. Okay, so this is effectively a cut in half controller and an LCD screen running what seems to be some sort of Android. It's it's lightweight Android, which is at least kind of nice to see. Like, there's probably ways to jailbreak this and like treat this as like an emulator, Honestly, which there are some cheaper they, options for that. But, also, but also, like, if that what happens, if they, what if they sneaked an emulator in there? What if there's a PS two, PS three emulator capabilities that just haven't said anything? If they if they shock us with something like that, then like okay, that two fifty, that three hundred dollar price point that I think is more likely to happen starts becoming a little uh, bit more interesting. Not, at that point, get the Steam Deck. But then it's get the Steam yes. Deck. If it's three hundred yes. and you want one, get the Steam Deck. It's interesting. Um, Sony, send us a review copy. We will absolutely review the shit out of this. Oh, for uh, sure, for sure. <laughs> um, like it's crazy because I mean, I think we're deep I think into Sony. Like we are really, we, we love Sony, but like we are pretty deep. Yeah. I'm always, but we also like, like don't we don't like slob on their knob twenty four seven. You no, know, like no, we are no. critical of everyone, and most importantly, we're critical of ourselves. Truly, truly. <laughs> God, fit this for the pit. Good, <laughs> fit for the pit. <laughs> Perfect callback. I think it's yeah. Uh, there's a lot of. Ha- I mean, I'm I'm kind of a fan of handhelds. I've been looking at the. Uh, the analog pocket for a couple of years now um just looks look cool. cool they look cool i'm not i don't hate i don't hate this i don't hate the idea of like i've always been a fan of like game boys and stuff like i've i had almost every game boy um that's like my biggest tie to nintendo because consoles were always like playstation i had an xbox 360 um uh, but it was always playstation and then nintendo for my handhelds yep, yep. it was almost exclusively my experience and i think like you know if you're if you're handheld curious i guess um i think a good way to like try out is this worth an investment for you like because you're thinking i'm going to use it for a commute i'm going to use it for traveling i'm going to use it for this 
go with one of those cheaper devices that are emulators. Like there's ones that are Game Boy emulators that look and feel like a Game Boy, has all the games. Like and then the see, Retroid, you, get the Retroid. You can yeah. get a Retroid for 150. It looks like a Switch. It handles Boom. like a Switch. Boom, solid. It's like it's like you have all the games. Like and then if you play that a lot, then I think that's when I would invest in like a rig being the 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 Steam Deck, you know, or something similar to that. But I do think like because handheld gaming is a different thing, and if you haven't it done is. it since it the Game Boy, you should try before you buy like anything more than a Switch Lite. More hefty, yeah. yeah, yeah, like more expensive than a Switch Lite. Yes, I agree. I agree. We got. Well, speaking of, we gotta we gotta squeeze in an episode where we like build out your or map out your PC build if that's something you're still interested in. <laughs> Danny, when we get off mic, I have a whole another oh, idea that you're gonna yeah. love. Yeah. All right. This has been your episode. Subscribe, like, comment. Bye. Bye.